Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, drafts people. To help fill the void and the lack of episodes in your draftsman feed, we're rewinding back to five Proco Classic interviews and one new one. You're listening to this new mini series where we take a deep dive into the lives, journeys, and minds of some of the most fascinating artists and instructors, from fine art masters to comic legends. First up is Carl Kopinski. Carl is one of the cool kids with Super Annie. And he got his start working on Warhammer and Magic the Gathering. This was a particularly fun one. I don't think I've ever laughed as hard in any other interview. So get ready. Here we go. We're cutting out everything except <laughs> the sex jokes. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't We're do the only thing keeping... about the s***ing <laughs> I think that was a step too far. <laughs> I think it was. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Are you trying to get away from me? Ah, it was the coffee breath. Oh. Eggs and coffee, it smells like. You serious? No. Like crap. <laughs> I had eggs and coffee. Did you? Yes. Like, how did you know? Is it that bad? I've laughed too much now. My face is oh, aching. Yeah. You look wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I like you. <laughs> Better stuff. than I expected. <laughs> really? I saw a bunch of <laughs> yeah, videos of you and you're all... Whoa. <laughs> that guy's a mess. <laughs> yeah, how are we going to make this work? You want to start the interview? Yeah, let's start. <laughs> okay. So last time we talked, you, you wanted to talk about discipline, right? Well, like, can I talk about how I discipline my kids? <laughs> you can tell about whatever you want. And I because that's I'll where I get it. it ingrained, you know. If it works on them, it'll work on me. When did you have kids? Oh, uh, when I was quite old. I think I was thirty-five. Thirty-five. When we had our first child. I was actually in-house at Games Workshop Studio, mm. and I left when my wife was pregnant to go freelance. And that's when it all went kind of crazy for me. What do you mean crazy? Well, because Games Workshop, you were sort of in a little bubble. You weren't exposed to the outside world, especially. You were just mm. part of the team. Right. So you, you had no idea of how other artists regarded you, other industry artists. So that was quite a revelation when I, when I actually left and people knew my name and yeah. you know that you were quite well regarded as an artist. It seemed to me over time that there was a lot of guys who grew up loving, say, Games Workshop games. Uh -huh. And now they're working in the industry and they're like, oh, let's get that old guy who we used to love when we were eight. And then Magic the Gathering as well has been a, a sort of, you know, that's quite a global phenomenon, really. Yeah. So, you know, I think that kind of helped spread the 
Yeah, they're still <laughs> releasing your cards, right? Yeah. So, are those old paintings? No, I mean, I just finished one before I came here. I've just been commissioned another, but I've had to really rein it in because things have gone a bit crazy with the social media and, you You're know. getting popular. Yeah, like really way more popular than I thought ever possible. I, when I wanted to be popular, I wasn't popular. You know, like when you're trying to meet girls and that, nobody gave a, yeah. a no, shit I don't about know. car. I've been with, with my wife for like 16 years. Ah, that's good. I was never really in the dating game. No? No. Straight in. Just efficient. Oh, done. Yeah. <laughs> I found one, that's fine. Let's leave it here till we die. Yeah. I don't want to take my chances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> I'll wrong. keep this one. Yeah. You'll do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm pretty popular on there. <laughs> we'll keep that. We'll just isolate that quote. Yeah, I'm pretty popular. <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, so deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then when did you start getting discipline in, in your uh, training? Well, if I rewind to my sort of college days, as it were, university days, I was huge. I was always drawing as a kid, really sort of obsessively. Then I went to university thinking, well, I'm going to do a fine art course. It's going to be amazing. They'll teach me everything. And I was incomprehensibly disappointed in my... Which school? It was a place in the northeast of England. It was actually that year, there were 90 fine art courses and it ranked 80. Oh. second so it wasn't an art school it was just a, like a university it was general. a university fine art course and it was like my third choice i didn't get in at my first choice so oh, okay. i was pretty mediocre bit of a failure at, at college really so it was it was that experience and also really i wasted a lot of years there because i got so disillusioned i stopped drawing almost completely and just hanging out growing dreadlocks and you know not doing the things I should have been doing. So the discipline comes from that life experience. Like you come out the other side, I was like, I've got to sort this out now. Because yeah. I knew I was okay at drawing, but it started to dawn on me quite quickly that I needed to put some hard work in and, and learn. Yeah. This. And I'm still frustrated. You know, we're talking with Jisoo and Hyunjin and Jonggi just the other night. And, um, you know, they've got a really rigid teaching system. And it's very much not unlike what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of stuff where people are learning the real bones of it and the real basics of anatomy and fundamentals of perspective and things like that. And I skipped all of, Nobody taught me that. So I'm all, I always feel like I'm playing catch up. You know, if I meet young people asking how to improve, then I really encourage them. You've got to go back and learn this. It's like the foundations of a building. If you don't build it up, then for me, I had to kind of knock it down and go back and start again, yeah. uh, which is frustrating and it's also inefficient. Well, it doesn't seem like it from your work. <sighs> Smoke and mirrors, man. Smoke and so mirrors. So how did you make it work? Like how did you, without studying perspective, mm. or did you study perspective on your own from books? And books, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And like even when I, was, um, when I was a kid before I went to uni, it's actually really funny because looking at your book collection there, I'm like, I've got that one, I've got that one, I've got that one, I've got that yeah. one. And a hell of a lot of those books that you've got, I bought and studied from. There was, uh, you know, even Gray's Anatomy, which is ostensibly a medical book. And I went through this thing, just page after page. A lot of it, I was interested in biology as a kid as well and okay. animals. So a lot of it was an interest rather than let's learn this. Right. 
So there was a fundamental there, but I wasn't being disciplined about my learning. I was just interested in it. And then I had another book that was called Anatomy for Artists, which made what I was interested in a lot more applicable. Which um, one? Anatomy for Artists? Um, was it Goldfinger? It, or? it was one by a, it was like maybe Hungarian artist. And you had a section of human anatomy and then several sections afterwards of like a bear, chimpanzee. It was a really cool book one of these lucky finds and I went through that and really studied that but you know I don't know the muscles of the back as much as I should and you know there's a lot that I still need to learn perfect we're gonna have you draw a wolverine from, from the back yeah I'll just put a big coat on it no you can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're gonna cover it with fur yeah yeah <laughs> hairy wolverine, hairy wolverine. <laughs> there you go we'll do wolverine before back sack and crack do you know that what that's a waxing in England. Back, sack, oh, whack. crack. Ah, oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> Don't. It's good for us. Bad for you. <laughs> it's terrible for me. <laughs> did cycling help with the discipline? Or when did, when did you start cycling? Well, over the years, I've had some medical sort of circulatory issues come up where they're, they're like, you need to keep moving. Okay. So I started cycling a little bit just because I knew I was basically sat at the desk or hunched over, or, you know, this kind of thing. So I started doing it just to get some exercise. And then like a lot of artists I meet, I'm an obsessive, like really obsessive. And so once I started to enjoy it, I'm like, right, I need to get good at this and I need this bike and I need... Yeah. And But what I've found has been really helpful is... Um, especially as I've got better and I've done a bit of training and racing, is that it's helped with the discipline. And I like it as well because it's a bit like being in the company of these guys. There's nowhere to hide. They know if you're not good at drawing, they know. You can't bluff your way through this. And cycling is very much like that, especially if you hit like a mountain or a climb. All the nice flashy lycra shaved legs, you know, looking cool. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to shave your leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, all that means nothing once you hit the mountain because if yeah. you haven't done the work, you're, you're out the back and you're having the most hideous day of your life. But no, it's been really good. And what I've also found with it that um, is really useful because I'm getting older now, I'm 48. So, uh, yeah, I know, it's, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> nearly, nearly over, very nearly over. But... Um, <laughs> No. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like two years. or three years yeah. <laughs> but no what i've found is it's been it's actually helped my energy levels I'm, i cycle six days a week mm -hmm. so most days even if i do like only an hour or two it's usually pretty hard you know training and uh, i find that i can put longer hours in the day so I've, i put maybe 10 12 hours in drawing before cycling i couldn't do that like six hours i was tired yeah that's how i am yeah no after six hours of drawing i'm done I yeah can't. my brain just can't handle more. yeah yeah but what also i've found that's useful is i have a big variety of projects on the go so i'll maybe have an oil painting like the cycling paintings where they're really loose and and then mm -hmm. i have the sketches that i'm doing and then i have some work for magic or computer mm -hmm. game and i can flip between so if i really feel like my brain's a bit fried from doing that then I'll, I'll just switch to something else okay. and make the call and say no I'm not, I'm not going to hit the deadline this yeah. so you know but it's, it's helped a lot 
Do you mm. sleep less now? Because I think maybe a little bit, and also I've got kids, and they they don't let you sleep. Well, did kids. you start cycling after you had kids? Yeah. So oh. before I had kids, life was just one big party. Now I used to play basketball actually a lot before I played before I had kids. I was playing basketball at uh, British level, which in the US you have to understand is pretty low. <laughs> I played basketball too. Did as you? A kid. My team was the worst team in the league, literally the worst. And I was the worst player on my team. I would always kind of stay back. And whenever somebody would like rebound, I would already be on like the other side of the court, like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and they would throw it to me. I'd be like wide open, layup, miss, uh, miss, oh, miss, miss, oh, miss every time. Oh, God. I don't know why they kept throwing it to me. <laughs> Just the enthusiasm in your <laughs> face, isn't it? Yeah. I'll give him the ball. <laughs> yeah. So that's oh, uh, that's good. That's yeah, I'm pretty cool. much that level actually. Really? We should we go, go have a game. <laughs> Anything else about how you trained? Well, yeah, I did a lot of life classes actually. After oh. yeah, when I after, life drawing from yeah a life drawing. So okay, when I was at uni, they had life classes, but you'd go and there'd be like one other person there, oh, and the same model they had every week. Next week, it looked oh, like she'd yeah. never moved from last week. <laughs> oh, was it the same pose every time? No, just nobody cared. She'd just rock up, take the money, lie down, and people had to draw her. So it was, there was no, not even any teaching in there. It yeah. was just offered. Just open workshops yeah. sort of thing. So what I did afterwards was I actually started going to a local class with one of the other artists from Games Workshop, who I really admire, a guy called Paul Dainton, whose works. When he came into the studio, I was really intimidated by him because he was like super high level. Yeah. And as we got to know each other, we had very similar interests, talked about, you know, all the guys who are on your bookshelf, Sergeant yeah. Soroya, Repin, you know, Kramskoy, all yeah. these fetching, all these guys who we sort of really geek out about. And so we started going to this life class together. It was just wonderful. I absolutely loved it. I don't go so much anymore because it's further away from where I live. But they did a, I think it was an eight-hour pose, two hours over four weeks. And it was just long enough to do a, a pretty decent oil painting from. And I'd go and try out my Zorn palette and, you know, look at Sergeant paintings before I went along. And, and I love that idea that doing something so simple, it's like, you set up, you want that on there, and that's it. There's no art directors, nobody yeah. busting your balls telling you, yeah, well, can you make give him a bigger gun or, you know, yeah. <laughs> change that rim light. It's just a very simple exercise. So you can be totally focused, totally and completely concentrating on what you're doing there. And I think also the other thing that it teaches you, which I, I found invaluable and I, I've actually noticed I'm missing a bit now, because I, you don't, I don't think you hold on to it. I think you've got to train it. You've got to keep doing it. Is the observational skills. You've got to really focus. It's not just, oh, yeah, that's an arm. Mm. You've got to be so intensely focused on what you're doing that it really heightens your, your observational skills and your ability to take that and place it in whatever medium you're doing. It seems like you're good at both drawing from life through observation and drawing from imagination. A lot of artists struggle with either mm. one or the other, mm. mostly from imagination. That's yeah. what, you know, a lot of artists train from a model, mm. from drawing from books, from photographs, and then they're like, wait, I can't draw from imagination. So 
when did you make that transition? I was, and how? It was quite, I mean, as a kid, I was always drawing Tarzan and uh, actually. From your head? Yeah. On TV. For, yeah, because we didn't have a lot of money, so I didn't really have, I would maybe go to the library and borrow a, it was things like Asterix and Oblix and Tintin and things yeah. like that. But really, from my head, and so, you know, I was drawing Spider-Man and, you know, all these kind of things from the late 70s, early 80s. But then when I went to Games Workshop, I, for some reason, I don't really know why, but nobody was really using reference. We were all just had this kind of chaotic way of doing the paintings. So you'd have, we had a big library of reference books. But you didn't have a computer next to you. You, had, you just had an easel and your materials. It was all traditional. I just kind of really honed in that talent there, maybe. And you're working along guys with different skill sets. There's an artist called Adrian Smith who was amazing at lighting. You could just seem to be able to light stuff from his head without any reference. So I was picking up, you know, little tricks all all the time along there. So it's a, it was a long sort of process of just working like that. But I think also um, more recently I've become aware of is that it, what I was doing then and, and still doing now is to always be looking to break things down to the sort of simplest form, especially when you come to lighting and perspective. Mm -hmm. And if you can consider that when you're right. placing it, then it's really beneficial to to the end result you know because yeah. if you don't break it down into elements like anything it's like painting a room you know if you go this is huge i've got to paint this whole room you go okay i'll do that wall first right so i always think you know don't be too intimidated and people have done said that how do you i've done big oil paintings of battle of waterloo and things like this and how, how do you tackle this but it's all a matter of one chunk at a time and keep chipping away at it and yeah. obsessively doing it you know for the kids or the you know the young adults that are struggling with just getting something out from their imagination they can simplify forms by looking at photographs and then when they want to draw something from imagination it's just it's ugly is there any advice i think one of the keys is building a visual library obviously in your memory but a lot of mine was done from real objects or reality not always from 2D or, uh, you know, like costume design, always from a computer game or a movie. It was always like going and digging out the historical stuff or going to a museum or drawing people I knew or say you're doing observational drawing of faces is what you're teaching yourself is the huge range of faces and the huge variety in mm -hmm. facial structure and huge variety in anatomy and, yeah. and things like that. So what I think sometimes people get stuck in is the they're stuck in a trap because maybe they've got the Bridgman book or something and they understand that, but then they can't add any character to it because really it's as advanced a level as they might be. Really, it's just a set of blocks stuck together. You've got to be able to take that and apply it in a way that's characterful, haven't you? And I think if you learn that stuff and then you go and do life drawing classes or then you do studies from your friends, what you can start to do is you can understand how those fundamentals apply in real life. And then for me, I think I've also got a very good memory, not like John Gee level where you're talking about, you know, a huge sort of library. But I have a good memory and a, a good ability to recall stuff. And for me, one of the things I try to do is to try and hold the image in my head of something I've seen. I'm not trying to get it on the paper exactly what I'm seeing there, but I'm trying to just hold on to that 
element that I've seen or, or has inspired me. Just for even if it's just for a few minutes as you start the sketch and then hope that some of it's in there. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, there's no real shortcut. It's right. repetition and practice, really, as well. And, you know, like when guys come to me who are 20 and say, oh, how did you get so good? And you go, well, I'm 48. I've done it twice as long as you. And I wasn't yeah. always this good. I'm not saying I'm really good. I'm saying I wasn't always at this okay. level. I'm okay. But I, was, I wasn't always this okay. <laughs> I wasn't always go. this mediocre. I wasn't always this positive. <laughs> yeah. So, but you were born in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But my dad was really, it, it was funny really because his brothers changed his name to John. But my dad really held on to his Polish heritage. He, was, he was really, in, my, his, my dad's name's Jan. Yeah. And my name's actually Jan. Because they named the oldest child after the father. So they did that for a year and then they're like, this is really confusing. Let's just <laughs> call really him mean? Carl. <laughs> so are you still Jan on your My full name? name is Jan Peter Carl Kopinski. Ah. But yeah, so my grandfather came over in World War II, fled Poland and flew in the RAF bombers. And that's actually had quite a big influence on my work, I think, because I was always interested in that military history. Uh-huh. Like I'm always drawing guys with flying goggles on and I loved books on aeroplanes. Uh-huh. Did you like see his photographs and stuff? Or no, did he, he was, no? he never really, I think, we think he had to bomb his own city. So he, he never really spoke about it. Uh-huh. And he was an awful cook. I remember that. He'd have a bag of raw mushrooms that he'd peel, carton of milk on the windowsill to go sour and then he'd drink it. And then microwave hot dogs, I think, cook, go around here. Oh, that sounds good. Microwave hot dog. (laughs) I microwave hot dogs all the time. (laughs) Too lazy to boil them. (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My other joke question was how many uh, sexy angels and sexy vampires have you drawn for people on their magic card? Do you know what? I think people have gave up because I don't do sexy very well. Oh, you don't do sexy? No, I'm, oh, I'm not very good at sexy. I'm quite, you know, I'm, I'm not a sexy man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> My brother's a sexy man. <laughs> wow. This but conversation I'm is... <laughs> I'm just not good at, like, also I've got a young daughter yeah. who's 13 and I don't want to do, like, right. women going into battle in chainmail bikinis <laughs> yeah. and go, well, yeah. what? what? Of course that's how they fight. Yeah, but I was watching a, another interview with you. You were at some convention, and you said that everyone's asking yeah. for you to draw them sexy vampires. It's true, yeah. And, every, and also, they, they'll ask you to do it on a magic card with a yeah. Sharpie. And you're like, but this is like this big, and you want me to turn a goblin into a sexy vampire with a <laughs> Sharpie. Like, really? How do you do that? I don't. I, don't. I just make a bad job of it, usually. Uh, Not intentionally. <laughs> So it's try. pretty hard. The first time I did a magic convention, they, they, the guy, and I, I don't play the game. I knew nothing about it. So I went there and the guy said, oh, do you do alterations? And I, I said, what do you mean? And he said, oh, draw over the uh, picture. 
And I thought, I've spent a week on that. You want me to just scribble on it? He said, yeah, put Mickey Mouse ears on him. I'm like, what? This is really confusing. Don't you like the artwork? <laughs> Don't you like it? <laughs> so, but I know I've got quite good at it, actually. It usually take a little set of acrylics along or, or some oh, acrylic paint pens yeah. and, you know. There and you, you can also put like a coat of, um, I use Liquitex matte medium when I'm painting a lot for the yeah. commercial stuff, royal painting. So if you put a coat of that on, it holds the paint transparent. better. Yeah, yeah. I got that from James Gurney's books. So I use yeah. that technique on almost all my commercial oil painting. But I've drawn a lot of sexy vampires and sexy angels. I also had a guy who just wanted me to draw spurting. What? Spurting. Yeah, you know, it's like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the stuff that comes from the end. He wanted that on there. Did you do that? Uh, I, I didn't want to, but he was really insistent. So I did a very quick job. Peer pressure. Yeah. And then three come years... On, yeah, come on, draw me a... He was there just shouting, draw me a... Draw me a... All right, draw me a... Oh, my God. And then the best bit was I went back to a convention maybe three years later, and the same dude turned up. Oh, no. You're like, not you again. Yeah. He said, don't worry. I want you to draw this time. Oh, my God. I was this like, is, oh, this is awful. Turn off the cameras. <laughs> it was awful. And I did it. You did <laughs> it. was such a whore. God, are you sure you want this recorded? Okay. Back on track. Ah, back fuck. on track. Trying to steer this. <laughs> We also were joking about <laughs> talking about your biggest mistakes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about some of your biggest uh, career mistakes? Career. I, yeah. Career no, not career mistakes. Not life mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've made any really big career well, that's mistakes. That's why you're so popular. <laughs> yeah. I'm popular. Yeah. No, I think what I've done is I've done a few projects which I've not enjoyed. For example, I've worked on movie stuff that I've not enjoyed. Well, I always thought, oh, it's going to be great mo working on movies. Yeah. But in actual fact, it was actually really boring. And, you know, really? You, yeah, because this was just one or two projects, but sometimes they just want you to do versions of a pocket or something, you know, on, on a costume. And you think, um, They'll hi they hire Carl Kapinski yeah. to draw a pocket. Well, it kind of, you know, you kind of start by doing the big idea. Oh, okay. And then it fun. Okay, we love this design, and and then suddenly two weeks later you're doing the pockets, and you're thinking, I'm pretty sure you've got a, a better pocket guy than me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That that, but it's not a mistake. But what it's made me learn is that some of these industries that maybe are really appealing, and you think, oh, I got him working yeah. there. Sometimes it's not sort of inspiring. Yeah. But also, on the, on the flip side of that, I learned that, say, if you work in pre-production, I work with a guy a lot called Loic Zimmerman, who was working with Moving Picture Company. And this was a huge surprise to me, but he actually got me on Disney, early pre-production stuff. I even did designs for the genie for Aladdin, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, you want me to do? And he's like, no, because it's live action, and, you know, your stuff's realistic, and yeah. it's great for the producers and everyone to see you know, some iterations of that. So, Did you know that it was going to be Will Smith when you No, were, no, it was pre-Will Smith. That. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So there's all kinds of uh, ideas thrown in there. And it was interesting because also you had access to the folders so you could see the other artists who were working on it and their oh, ideas. Cool. How so, many did 
artists than they have? When I was submitting for the Genie stuff, there was maybe four or five other artists. But it was very early in the project, you know, mm -hmm. pre-production. Did they pick one artist to then go and pick it? For I don't know really what happened, but what I found with um, one project I worked on was Artemis Fowl. And I started with Loic doing pre-production stuff, and I actually, they liked it and got me on board for production. And that was interesting because you kind of delving deeper into those initial ideas and starting to work out, you know, yeah. it's quite nice to be able to take that and, and develop that, those initial ideas and develop them and see where you can go with it. But yeah, I mean, mistakes, I've made a few. <laughs> There's a song there, isn't there? <laughs> I know one was staying at Games Workshop for longer than I should have. How long? I was there for seven years. We had three years three or four years where it was really superb art team you know really a great bunch of guys and then you also had sculptors writers all in the same studio so it was really sort of thriving environment but after three years four years i started to be put back onto projects that were being re-released so you're redoing stuff you'd done already mm. and i was getting bored of drawing skulls and spikes on everything you just redo the same painting again yeah or no a lot of the work was for say uh what they'd call a codex or the rule book for it mm. they'd do a re-release of that maybe they'd had a new product out for it and and so they'd redo the cover or use some yeah. old work but need new artwork and this isn't a games workshop it's my mentality i found i was starting to lose sort of enthusiasm and interest in it mm. and also slowly the art team started to disappear so yeah. One artist left, another one. And, and so it was smaller and smaller art team. They were focusing more heavily on Lord of the Rings movie license that they got. So I just lost my real sort of enthusiasm yeah. and drive for it. So I, I wish I'd come out the other side a bit earlier and, yeah. and gone, you know, freelance. And another thing that I think the huge mistake I made was not finding the right college course for me. Because mm -hmm. as much as I putting down that course I did. Part of it's my own fault for not finding the one that suited me. Right. And I wish I'd made the most of those three years where I had the opportunity to just paint for the hell of it. Well, as I'm doing at the moment, I still don't get that chance to just paint for the hell of it. And, it, and it's yeah. a fantastic thing to be able to do. So, Is it because you just, you take on all the job opportunities? Yeah, or? and like I'm not super wealthy. I, I'm still have bills to pay and I still yeah. have a mortgage to pay. I've got kids, you know, so you're still beholden to client work somewhat. And although I've got a great following, I haven't quite worked out how to, you yeah. know, make that financially work for me. I'm, I, and also I, I'm a little bit reticent to just be selling stuff on my social media. I think it would tarnish it a bit. I, I think people are interested because it's interesting and, I try to post regularly and I try to do stuff that's my own take on things. And, and that seems to be why people keep coming back and checking it. So if I'm just on there going, oh, another book out, I've got a printout, I'll come and buy my stuff. But I don't know if it would start to water it down. I'm just a bad businessman. Well, I'm a terrible businessman. People want I know. to release new prints. I'm still... I, they want new books. You know what? I'm still... Uh, part of me, I have imposter syndrome. I said this to Lim just the other day. I'm always looking over my shoulder waiting for someone to go, oh, it's you, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. guy who thinks he's good. <laughs>
<laughs> the guy who thinks he can draw. Oh, come uh, on. And also, I'm really, really, really flattered that people are so interested. Because yeah. really, when I started putting sketches out, it was my wife who made me start a Facebook account, an Instagram account. She said, Good. you've got to do it. She's got a much better eye for this sort of thing than I have. The sketches I wasn't going to put on Instagram, they were always processed stuff. Or me just warming up in the morning or trying to get an idea out. And she said, oh, I think people might be interesting. Mm, <laughs> no, I don't think they'll like these. <laughs> I'm just the going to throw it in the most. bin. Oh, and I was geez. throwing these things away. And, oh, my God. Yeah, and just like, oh, they're just for the big painting. And then when I posted them on there, people were like, oh, we really like this. It's really, can you show us more? I'm like, oh, okay. I like the sketches better than the finished Well, product. for me, that's what interests me as well as an artist. A lot of the time, the, you see a fantastic painting, but you want to see the process and the workings in there and, and the, the, you know. But even as a standalone product on its own, mm. I just like the look mm. of sketches. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I think there's a, that nice instantaneous feel to it and they have energy and. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, yeah. it's been a real revelation for me because I've said this before in other interviews. In a way, my social media following has sort of morphed my career. I'm still doing the same thing, but I'm not naturally very confident about my artwork. So it really helped me sort of feel like I was doing okay and uh, that this stuff did have value and was interesting. And it's same with Sin. When I saw John Geese start to put stuff out, that was just sketch based. Yeah. So I said, you know, you can put this out and it does have a, its mm -hmm. own place, you know, it does have a sort of relevance and value. And then the more people kind of showed interest and fed it, <laughs> you know, yeah. I started to do more and more and really started to focus on it. And then they asked for sketchbooks. So then my wife said, right, I'm making a sketchbook. And I'm just sat there going, oh, it, it's really hard work making a book. I can't do that and drawing. And she's like, give me all your sketchbooks. And she went and, and got the first books printed. So um, before I did Big Kapinska, I got like self-published books. So they're, they're not as high quality sort of paper and hardback, but there's still a way to get what I'm doing out. And they're, they're another driving force behind the sketch projects that I do. It's funny hearing you say that it's hard work to put, make a book when you draw 10 hours a day. Uh, Is that not work to you? No. Like, no, not, no, no. It's no. just like, it's just not, it's not even fun. It's just what I do. <laughs> oh, really? It's not like I'm there going, woo, I'm drawing. <laughs> I'm just doing it. You know, I just do it all okay. the time. It's like, if I don't draw, I'm, the only times I'm not drawing is weekends I, I'll have with my family. Uh -huh. You know, morning and evening I spend with my kids, but everything in between is drawing yeah. or unless I'm on the bike. There's a work-family balance. I'm, I take my kids to school every day and I don't start work till maybe 9, but then I'm working till 11.30 at night. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, it's not like I'm just sat with a sketchbook and maybe Netflix and enjoying it, really, having yeah. fun, you cool. know, doing the thing. So is that the next goal in your career is going in that direction where you're trying to sell your own stuff or are you going to still try to stick to the freelancing 
I, I like the freelancing in a way because what it does is it gives me an outlet for doing more involved oil paintings and things like that. I, work, I do a lot of work with a company called Cool Mini or Not. So I did a whole series of paintings for Narcos, that, their board game. So I had Narcos? Yeah, yeah. The TV like the show. Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. So I did like maybe 32 characters, all based on actual characters, then two this covers. This is a board game? Yeah, yeah. Where do I get this? this I think they've got it at San Diego Comic Con. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I did Previously, I did Godfather with them, with Marlon Brando on the cover and a bunch of nice. 1920s gangsters. So I like that stuff because it's giving me an outlet for the yeah. oil paintings. I think like a lot of artists, whether it's music, drawing and painting, whatever, the great thing that social media has allowed me to do is to have a bit more control over what you're doing and, mm -hmm. and have an audience to potentially sell stuff to and, and give you that ability to explore, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that maybe client-based work wouldn't. And the weird thing is now... Because I've got a big following, you get clients coming to you going, can you do that right. thing you do on Instagram for us? Yeah. So now you're like, before, a client, if a client came to me, I'd think, okay, I'll get Photoshop out and I need to do this and I need to yeah. make it nice and shiny for them. And now they're just like... <laughs> Oil it up. Yeah, do that. Yeah, 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 give a bit of makeup in. But now they like, do that gritty, messy, yeah. sketchy thing you do, which is great <laughs> because it's more me. It's more naturally me. So I gave up digital maybe three years ago. Mm. I was doing quite a lot of digital for Magic the Gathering, and, but I was really frustrated with it. And I felt like I was not a naturally good digital artist. I haven't grown up with that as a, a medium. So mm. it was always playing catch up on trying to make it feel like a pencil or paint. It was always a bit of a... I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I love digital art. There's some fantastic... Even oh, yeah. watching Katsuya Tirada and how he was using um, Procreate, I was lucky enough to share the Airbnb with him, yeah. which was like proper geek out. I was telling Christian, I sent the email saying, oh, is Tirada going to be there? <laughs> oh, he'll be there. Yeah. So, oh, he'll be there. You're sharing a house with him. Oh, shit. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Because I, when I first got his book i was like it just blew me away I was when like, was that this was maybe even pre-games workshop even mm. i remember him releasing a book that was in a brown slip case and it was full of painter sketches he'd done and uh, monkey king covers and it just blew my mind and i watched blood the last vampire i think i may even been on vhs cassette i'm not yeah. sure but and so when she said, oh, yeah, he's going to be there, I was like, oh. Did you guys share a bed? No, he wouldn't. No, I just waited outside want. his door for him to wake up <laughs> all night. You made him breakfast? No, 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 no. To get him to wake up earlier? <laughs> yeah. Get the smell going under <laughs> the door? Cassia, <laughs> are you awake yet? Yeah, and that's the other great thing that I'm really kind of thankful for. I'm getting to sort of spend time with people whose work I genuinely really admire yeah. is, is just fantastic. My brother draws a lot, Stefan. He's a really good artist himself, a digital mm -hmm. artist. And we just used to sit there and sketch together. You didn't have to talk. You're just hanging out sketching. Yeah. And that's a nice. I missed that feeling when yeah. he moved away and I moved away. And when I hang out with John Gee, it's like last night we had Netflix on and just, chilling. just sketching. And then I look across and Jesus joined us and there's just three of us on this black sofa with <laughs> Netflix on, not watching TV, 
drawing. So then you do want to continue doing the freelance stuff, then, right? I you think wanna... so. But it, okay. I'm, I'm lucky because now I, I can pick and choose my yeah. clients a bit more. You know, backing off the ones that I don't enjoy so much and, okay. and focusing more on the others. But then occasionally a job comes along where you're like, well, I can't turn this down. It's, yeah. you know, great. I think that's why I do so many hours in the day as well to try and fit it all in, really. Mm -hmm. Well, what did you do for Peter Jackson? Ah, Peter Jackson. Yeah. That was interesting. That was not actually originally commissioned for Peter Jackson. Oh. It was commissioned for people who were trying to renovate part of the battlefield of Waterloo in Belgium. The Battle of Waterloo in 1815, there was a famous area where one of the battles had took place, a building, and it had fell into disrepair. Uh -huh. And there was a project to raise money to try and turn this into a visitor centre. And what they did was they commissioned a bunch of artists to produce artworks that would then be sold as prints to raise money. So I did that. You have to understand I'm a seriously nerdy guy, really. You know, deep down, I'm pretty serious geek so when this project came along it was like geek heaven you know going to museums checking out what cannons checking out how they raised the cannons to make them point in the right direction and, and you had to be very accurate right? yeah because you're selling to a historical market the people yeah. who buy this are the guys who are, know yeah. all this stuff so what i rapidly realized was you had to do your yeah. homework and, and get this stuff right so i spent maybe a year on two paintings, I think 45 by 30 inch, something like this, and in oils, were made into prints. And then the guy who commissioned me sold them on to Peter Jackson's wife, who'd bought them for Peter Jackson for Christmas. Oh, okay. So they were his, my paintings were Peter Jackson's Christmas present. Got it. Yeah. I think maybe you just served turkey on them or something. Use them as a plate. <laughs> But no, I've got friends uh, who worked at Games Workshop who actually know him, and they said he's got this mad secret oak-clad room. I think it may be even Just behind a book. You know, behind a book? You like a oh, library. You, you pull yeah, a book and it secret opens. door, yeah. And he's got... That's what this behind you, that's a secret door. Really? Yeah. Can we go in later? After the yeah. cameras turn off. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're hanging in there somewhere. Awesome. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So for the painting that you did, did they have a historian check before? Uh, well, the the guy who was doing it was the project was very knowledgeable, and there were a couple of other guys who were involved. So I was always cross referencing it, and the people who knew Peter Jackson, who are good friends of mine, who make historical miniatures called Michael and Alan Perry, mm -hmm. they are incredibly knowledgeable. So I was cross checking every stage, and there's a lot of books out there. There was even a diary kept by the British captain that I painted in one of them. So okay. I read the whole diary. And so it was a really sort of in-depth. It was a really interesting project to work on, actually. It's hard to find a market for that because if you spend four months on them and I got paid maybe, you know, 4000 a painting, it sounds good. But, you know, you break it yeah. down, it's 1000 a month, really, yeah. which is okay, but... I'm pretty sure I could get that working, you know, in a garage or something as well. So it wasn't uh, incredibly lucrative. You've got to yeah. find someone who's prepared to pay a premium for these things, which is hard, you know. Yeah. And how do you find that? Do they mostly come to you or do you? I don't do those things anymore. I had to really knock it on the head because it was just 
like I say, I just couldn't find a market for it. Oh, okay. You know, it's such a niche thing, yeah. that, you know. But again, it was interesting and I enjoyed it and it's informed a lot of what I do now. So I love painting horses as well. That's another... It's a big market for that. You know, yeah, so yeah. And in Dubai and places like that, racehorse owners, they're all incredibly wealthy. But I didn't, I didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> Bad business, man. Good artist. <laughs> Bad business, man. <laughs> If your wife seems like she's a good she's, woman. She's great, honestly. Really, Tara, my wife, is like, I, I don't think I've reached the level I'm at without her pushing me, and you know. And she does a lot of the shipping of things and, and mm -hmm. back at home. And so we, we work together as a team, really. You know, she's always coming up with ideas, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. And then she'll do it anyway. I'm like, that was a good idea, wasn't it? Yeah. Make it was mine. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got it all in her account. <laughs> like, where did that money go? <laughs> was my idea. <laughs> you sue her for copyright. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's my IP. <laughs> cool. Well, if people want to support you, what's the best way to do that? Just PayPal, Venmo. <laughs> Yeah, just direct to my bank account. <laughs> just okay. send me cash in a brown paper envelope. No, I think the best way is uh, on my website. I have various products on there. I've got my books on there. Trying to get more prints out on there. Mm -hmm. So, And also the people can ping me messages and say in what they're interested in because a lot of the time I am a little unsure as to whether they want a big print of a Monkey King sketch I've done or not. So being a small operation, somewhat of a risk to go and get 300 prints done yeah. and then you sell two. So, But the best way they can support me is just keep following me on Instagram and keep their eye out for the things that I'm putting yeah. out there. But, the know. book right there, you know, is it Do you want for me to sale? bring it in? Yeah. Is, this, is that for sale on your website? It's on, for sale on my website. It's for sale through Super Annie's website. It's for sale through Amazon. And uh, it's global, man. But it's a nice book, actually, because yeah. um, it's the first. The ones I've published, I've got volumes one, two, three, and four that I've self-published, which there's only volume three and four available now. So this contains a lot of one and two, which is out of print. And it also has a large color section in there. So it's the first time I've managed to get a lot of my color work into a book. Actually, when we started going through it, I realized there's a huge amount of work I've done. Like I've done about, I think, 170 magic cards in total. So there's just vast amounts of work that I, I need to get together into a, a big book, really. And most of those are original oil paintings, right? No, this was no, a, a lot of them are digital. Yeah, a lot of them were digital, which I kind of regret now. What percentage do you think were digital? Uh, maybe 65 to 70% digital. Okay. Yeah. Do you sell the originals that you... I sell the originals of Magic cards. I've actually got maybe three that my wife's... Just kept. She's No, she's selling them, I think. She waits for me to go away for a convention and sells them. <laughs> Where? Uh, she just, just go outside? <laughs> yeah, we have like a little garage sale, you know. She's just out <laughs> on the street with lemonade and paintings. <laughs> no, no, see, there's a... There's, um, with Magic Cards, there's a, a lot of Facebook activity. So there's pages where collectors are all together. Yeah. So she'll... Mm. Once once a card's published, it's often a good idea to get it out there 
fairly quick while people are it's fresh okay. in their mind. So she sends a message out to those guys. But I've considered actually selling some original sketches. Oh, okay. I thought you meant sketchbooks. I'm like, oh, no, no, God. in total. No. But part of me is a bit sad to do that because they yeah. feel a bit like a diary. So most of the yeah. sketches, I'm, I, can re I can remember where I was when I did them. I don't know. It's something I might look at doing in, in the future is just putting a limited amount of mm -hmm. sketches up for sale. I don't know. And also, one thing I'm trying to do more of is I'm trying to do some slightly bigger ink sketch work with multiple figures and things like that. So they're not held together in, um, in a sketchbook, as it were. So I yeah. think in future I'll put... I've got a few at San Diego that I'll probably sell. At Comic-Con? Mm, yeah, yeah. I've got maybe 20, 25 pieces that I'm prepared to sell for the right price. Four pack of beer... And That's it. A Hershey bar. I'm I'm buying all of them, <laughs> <laughs> and we can drink the beer on the street outside afterwards. I can have the beer and the drawings. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I get the Hershey bar though. <laughs> yeah, you can have the Hershey bar. Cool. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank it was so a much. real pleasure, Stan. It really is a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. Go to what's your website? www.kalkopinski.com. Only two. Very w's. original. Two W's. www. <laughs> cool. And Instagram, and then buy his book, and then send him money in the paperback. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I really would. What's your home address? They need to know where to send it. I can't it. give that out. <laughs> well, all right, send it to my studio, and I'll pass it along. Yeah, yeah. Send it to Stan. <laughs> Did you get that money, Stan? Nah, <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone. Spent it on Hershey's and beer. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. See ya. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.